0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mindful Linder podcast. I am your host as always, Jay Nickel. Uh, Apologies for the skipped week last week. Life is kind of, you know, kicking into high gear in several areas from business to family to other passions and hobbies and just didn't have the time. And actually that leads me into something that I want to open the podcast talking about. And that's kind of had, I've had a bit of a Reorganization of priorities, or I'm starting to think actually that's not the right way to. I realized I had gotten somewhat off track with the podcast, so let me back up and talk about why I originally started Mindful Hunter in the first place. If you've been a long time listener to my content, you'll have already heard this, but I think it's a good even for myself just to reiterate it so that I hear it. I was frustrated with the content that was currently available in the hunting space for a variety of reasons. I thought a lot of it lacked authenticity and sincerity. Um, I thought it was heavily, heavily sponsored. I didn't really like the kind of visual or audio production quality of most of it. There's some good stuff out there, but to be honest with you, like a lot of it, it just didn't resonate with me and i thought to myself i'm not just going to sit here and bitch about it if i think i can do better i will do better and part of the driving force of that was this kind of non-sponsored unbiased content reviews and just a general position of this is the stuff i want to make and i'm going to make it because i want to make it not because I think it can gain me more followers or because I think I can get a company to pay me money for it. Fast forward, I've been running, you know, Mindful Hunter for almost six years now. I've been doing the podcast coming up on two years, start building some brand relationships, start getting a bigger following, and you kind of lose your way and you kind of forget exactly why you started. And I'll be honest, doing that podcast with all the other BC podcasts, I mean, maybe I just had my head in my sand. I didn't even know all those guys existed. And then I i kind of uncovered them or I met them and they're, they're all great dudes. And then I go look at all their playlists and like, no offense to them or anybody else, but like, we're all doing the same shit. And I don't just mean kind of the same shit. I mean the exact same shit. Like... You go down people's playlists and 80% of the interviews over the last four or five months are people that literally appear on seven or eight different podcasts over that time period. Sorry, I'm. I, I'm. It's, it's the beginning of the day here and I'm going to be drinking coffee. And I hate the sound of like slurping coffee. So you're going to hear little silences every now and then. I'm too lazy to go back in and edit all these out. But if you're wondering what the little blank spots are, that's me leaning away to drink coffee so I don't slurp coffee in your ear like a fucking douchebag. So then I'm like, holy shit, man. We're all just interviewing the same people. Like, what's the point? Like, I come from a business background. It's what I do for a living. And there's this idea of competitive advantage. Like if you want to secure yourself in the marketplace, you need to have a reason why people are going to participate in whatever it is that you're offering. And if what you're offering is the same as what everyone else is offering, the only thing to compete on is price. And that's a race to the bottom. And we could have a conversation about how that takes place in the hunting industry as well. But that's kind of beside the point. And it really got me thinking, Like, why did I start this in the first place? And that's when it was like, A, I love super nerdy reviews, like really detailed, unbiased reviews. B, I seem to have the gift of gab. Like I can get on this microphone and talk for an hour, no problem. And I seem to be able to craft a somewhat engaging story or convey information in a way that's relatively easy to digest. And I thought I should use this to help share what I know about hunting and Bushcraft and, and all the rest. And then I, I do, there are interesting people that I want to talk to but that's part of where I got off track. The first 20 episodes of this podcast were just me solo. And in a lot of ways, I feel like those were some of the best episodes. Cause like I was forced to create original, unique content that you couldn't find anywhere else. Cause it was my opinion on shit. And anyways, I'm not going to keep going on about this except to say, I've reprioritized the podcast. I still wanna do the podcast. I still wanna do Mindful Hunter, but I'm gonna do it my way. And I'm gonna create the content I wanna make. And if people wanna listen, listen. If people don't wanna listen, don't listen. And I don't really care about working with brands in a financial sense. And I don't really care about creating content in order to drive views, to get sponsorships and all the rest. Fuck it, I just wanna do shit that I wanna do and make cool shit. So further to that end, one of the things that was really successful on the podcast from the beginning were my pack dump podcasts or my gear lists. And I've got a sheep hunt coming up and I'm like, okay, perfect. We're gonna go balls deep into this gear list. And then the second thing was my nerdy reviews. And so if you follow me on my Instagram, you realize I've recently bought five packs and then I already owned my Kefaru and I'm doing a six bag backpack review of expedition packs from Kefaru, Kuyu, Exo, Stone Glacier, Initial Ascent and Mystery Ranch. And I bought every single one of these bags cash out of my own pocket. So far, I've spent over $5,000 on these bags. I do plan to sell them used afterwards, so I'll be able to recoup most of the money. But I don't, no one paid me anything for this. I don't got to kiss anybody's ass for this. I can say whatever I want. I've already found stuff with some of the more popular bags that it's like needs to be discussed because it's not like, it It, it should be of, of higher quality, some of these things. And I'm going to get into it and, and, really drive down. So far, I've got 35 different categories. I'm going to be comparing all the bags across. I've developed several objective testing mechanisms that I'm going to use for the various elements of lateral stability and weight comfort and all that kind of stuff so that it's going to be a really technical, really objective review as much as possible. And not just me wearing a bag and saying, oh, this is my favorite one. Or like, I'm not going to name names, but like the guys who are pure you know clearly sponsored by crispy saying these crispy boots are the best and it's like i'm sorry but you're full of shit they are writing you a check and if somebody's writing you a check i do not trust what you have to say bottom line so that's going to happen this is going to happen podcast is going to get reprioritized i've still got some guests lined up um Nick, who does the filming for BC Backcountry and Beyond, has agreed to come on. And here's a perfect example of me doing what I want to do. I watch this guy's films, and I'm inspired. Like, as a filmmaker, I'm like, holy shit, man. This dude is knocking it out of the park. He's not a big name in the industry. He doesn't have a huge social media following. It it probably won't be a wildly popular episode because not a lot of people film their own backcountry hunts. But I don't give a shit. I'm naturally interested and want to talk to this guy. So I hit him up and asked him if he want to talk. Still some scheduling things. I'm sure we'll be able to work it out in the next couple of weeks, but that's an example of the type of people that I'm going to be having on the, on the podcast moving forward. Okay. I don't really want to go, you know, into a, a ton more detail about that because, um, it would, it's, I'm, I'm just going to end up sounding like a broken record. I'm fired up. I'm glad I got my head screwed back on straight. Let's move on. I'm not going to talk about bodybuilding this week. I have lots of updates. Tons of things have been changing, having a ton of fun, crazy stuff going on with like supplements and diet and weight, but I only have an hour to record this before my first business meeting of the day. So I'm limited in time already. So we'll save the big bodybuilding update for next week. Up next, Monday night live streams. I love doing those things. I hope to get back to doing them. Life has just gotten too busy. There's a bunch of stuff going on with, with family and business and it, I just don't have the time. And so something had to go. So that was the thing that that provided the least amount of value. So that's the thing that went. Hopefully, and hopefully with some partnership, I'd like to do something like that, but with like a regular group of people because I think it's more fun Uh, more engaging and it doesn't require as much heavy lifting on, on my part. So hopefully those will come back, but no promises. I think that should be all the housekeeping for now. Um, For those of you that engage with me on a regular basis, uh, you know, on the different social media platforms, I deeply appreciate it. I think that's the most rewarding thing so far that I've gotten out of this podcast is kind of the relationships and the sense of community. Um, Oh, one more thing. Haters. This was the other thing that kind of sent me through the loop. So there's like legitimate meme pages now that seem to be almost solely dedicated to saying like rude shit about me. Um which is kind of flattering in on one hand because it's like, "Hey, I don't even really do that much." You know what I mean? Like I do a couple hunt films, I got a YouTube channel, and I do a little podcast. I'm not full of myself. I'm not a douchebag. You know, I just like making content. So I make content and I, I I know I stay in my lane. I don't open my mouth about things that I'm not experienced with. And I find it kind of comical, the level of intimacy these guys have with the content that I make. They gotta be some of my biggest fans. Like they must've watched like tens of hours of my shit in order to know what they know about me to go about making these memes. So the only thing I got to say is, well done, lads. You know, have at her. Keep it up. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. You know what I mean? Like, if that's how you want to waste your time, have at her. Personally, I'm too busy doing shit, making things and having adventures to really give a fuck about what anybody else does. Um, but it did set me back a little bit at first because I was like, really? Like, that's what somebody wants to spend their time doing? And then I realized it's just a personality thing. Like some people enjoy saying negative shit about other people in order to either get a rise out of them or, you know, get likes and laughs from the community. I'm not somebody who follows any of those like hunting douche pages, or I don't let any negativity in my social media feeds at all, because Personally, I find it drags me down. I don't whether I agree with somebody's opinions or not, and whether I agree with how they execute what their vision is. It doesn't really play into my life or my my worldview. Um, if I come across people who are doing things that I don't agree with, I simply remove them from my feed. Um, I find that's a more successful way. It takes less of my time and less of my energy. I am far too dedicated and focused on achieving what I've got set out in front of me to have any extra time and energy to worry about what other people are doing, except in a positive way. Like I love following people who are super driven and motivated and I like looking at their stuff because it, it forces me to acknowledge my own weakness. And it's like, I want what you have. What are you doing to get it? I wanna raise my, my level of output to your level of output so I can get on your level. And I use that as a form of motivation, not as a form of like derogatory comment or insinuation or any other form of negativity. So final note on that, have at our lads. Couldn't really give a shit. It's a little bit sad that that's how you spend your free time, but what the fuck do I care? All right. Now, I opened this up for a Q&A about a week and a half ago when I got slaughtered with questions, super good questions. So what we're going to do is I'm going to run through the, the, the gear list and kind of quickly, and then I'm going to go through the, the Q&A because I think we might get more insight from looking at the different elements that were like of interest to certain individuals as opposed to me like painstakingly explaining every single piece of gear I'm bringing Okay, so before I get into the list, I just want to let you know that I will be putting a link to download this spreadsheet in the show notes. So either go to my website or go to whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on or YouTube, and there will be a link in the show notes of where you can download this spreadsheet so you don't feel like you have to write down every single thing that you hear. All right, so first things first, we're gonna start with my backpack. Now in here as a placeholder is my Kefaru Fulcrum on a duplex light frame. Um, That is up for debate. I've already tried on a couple of the packs and so far two of the packs just initially fit me in a way that it's like, hmm, this is interesting. I might actually switch something up here. However, I haven't done enough research yet. But the nice thing about this is you can count on this backpack review being complete by mid-July because I want to have these things fully tested so that I can make up my mind about what bag I'm gonna bring. Um, I typically don't bring a rain cover. I bring this small pocket tarp from Z-Packs because then I can use it to catch rain end as a rain cover. Um, so that, that's just a little point of, of interest. Uh, up next for my shelter, I'll be taking the Hilleberg Niak, my favorite, uh, three season tent by a landslide. Side note, I may be doing a similar tent review to the backpack review if there's enough interest. So if there's a particular tent that you're curious about, I just got to define the parameters. Probably solo three person three season shelters is where I'll focus because that's like covers the widest range of territory and it's a great place to buy your first shelter. Sleeping pad, big Agnes Q-Core SLX, sleeping bag. I'm taking my enlightened equipment enigma quilt. I will be taking the down quilt. I contemplated taking the synthetic, but I'm bringing a bunch of other synthetic layers and my other insulation layers are primarily hybrids and synthetic. So I think I'm gonna save my weight with my sleeping bag. Um, That's still kind of up for debate. Pillow, Sea to Summit Eros Premium Deluxe Pillow. Love it. Small tip, it drives me crazy how much my pillow slips around on my sleeping pad. So last year I bought these two inch by four inch stick on Velcro strips. And what I'm doing this year is I'm putting four of them on the back of the pillow and four of them on my sleeping pad. And that way I can Velcro my pillow to my sleeping pad. Super excited about that. Um, and then finally, I'm bringing a seven foot by nine foot Dyneema tarp from Z-Packs that weighs in at five ounces. And this will be my emergency bivy shelter, or I can set it up as a large vestibule on the NIAC. That's really the only drawback to the NIAC is that there's no vestibule. Another tent that I'm very curious about that I would run in competition with the NIAC would be the onion and I think the onion 2 GT because I don't really see any benefit of taking the two-person uh, onion without the GT because the, then you might as well just be in the NIAC and have a freestanding unit. Clothing. First, we're going to start off with what I'm wearing. A couple changes here. Uh, top base layer, Sitka Core lightweight hoodie bottom base layer, Lululemon mesh boxers, as always, always in motion mesh boxers. Did a whole video on why they're the best underwear on the planet. Switching up my pants this year, Sitka Ascent pant. This is a very light, very stretchy kind of form-fitting pant. They just showed up the other day. I tried them on and they they are easily the best fitting pant I've ever worn. Now, I'm a dude with like an actual ass and thighs and quads and hamstrings. And so most hunting pants don't fit super great. Like I I couldn't wear Kuyu if you paid me. And even some Sitka stuff like Timberline, can't wear them. The mountain pants are relatively comfortable, but they're very, very heavy. So instead of going with like a heavier, more durable all-purpose pant, I'm gonna go with a lighter, quicker drying pant. And then I'm gonna bring a pair of Uh, base layer long johns so that if it is cooler, I can run the long john light pant combo instead of like a heavy mountain pant. For a hat, I'm going to wear the Sitka ball cap. Right now for footwear, I've got it slated to wear the La Sportiva Nepal GTX. Now, back to like sponsorships and brand deals and the rest of it, Schnee's was good enough to send me some free boots. Now, This is how brand deals should work. Schnee's is a company that I've worn for over five years. I'm a huge proponent of their boots. I hit them up and I said, listen, here's my plan for the year. These are the boots yours I'm going to buy. I'm going to be doing reviews on them anyways. If you guys think it would be beneficial to work together, Um, I I don't want any money, but if you want to send me some free boots, that would certainly help the cause. And they were happy to do that. Unfortunately, they didn't have the granites in stock. So I will be running their... um, It's not the Timberline. Is it the... hang, Hang on, give me one second. Yeah, Schnee's Timberline. For my training this year, I will be wearing the Schnee's Timberlines. For my caribou hunt, I'll be wearing the Schnee's Beartooths. And potentially... For the sheep hunt, I'll be wearing the Schnee's granites, but only if they get ones back in stock. Um, Socks. Darn tough, over-the-calf, light socks. Belt. You know I've gone on and on about this belt at length. It's called the Arcade Stretchy Belt, and it fits phenomenally well. And I am not a fan of nylon webbing belts. I, I like belts that stretch for a couple reasons. One, I find more firm, thick belts have a tendency to dig into my hips. And I also find as I dehydrate throughout the day, I have to keep tightening the belt down and down and down. Whereas a belt that has some stretch to it, I can kind of give it one good cinch in the morning and it just stays where it's supposed to. Trek and Poles, Black Diamond Trail Ergo Corks. Been running them for multiple years, same pair. The previous generations had shitty locking mechanisms and I went through two sets that they had to warranty replace. They finally just sent me the new generation of poles two years ago. Love these things and I've beat the shit out of them to the point where I was falling in the snow on a goat hunt, putting these two poles horizontally across the snow, putting my hands in the middle of the poles at the weakest point and forcing my entire body up and out of the snow. And these things did not break. So can't say enough, really like these poles. For gators, I will be wearing the Outdoor Research Crocs. Another little bit of foreshadowing coming up soon will be a gator showdown. These new Stone Glacier gators are looking very, very impressive. And I wanna run them in competition with the Outdoor Research Crocs. That reminds me, I should go look at this right now. Okay, Um, where were we? Clothing packed, hang on, need a sip of coffee. Clothing packed, Sitka core heavyweight hoodie, The Sitka Kelvin Aerolite jacket, Sitka Dewpoint jacket, Sitka Core lightweight long johns, Sitka Kelvin light down three-quarter pants, Sitka Dewpoint rain pants. You're going to notice a ton of Sitka here. As everybody's well aware, yes, Sitka sends me free stuff. We do not have a financial relationship and they do not ask for editorial control over anything I say about their gear. Literally just send a text message and say, hey, would you mind sending this over? And they do. So it does not stop me from reviewing and wearing other material. So does not influence my own individual bias. After trying a whole bunch of stuff, to be honest, it was the best. Now, I do think there's individual pieces from other company that are superior. I don't really like the Sitka Gators. I've done a a discussion on those and why I think the outdoor research ones are superior. For example, Um, gloves, Sitka Stormfront with the liners and I'll probably bring a very thin pair of Merino liners as well. Uh, I will also bring the Sitka Jetstream beanie and the boonie hat, which is like a sun hat, which is great if you're stuck on top of the mountain glassing all day. Optics. Now this is somewhat up in the air because I'm still waiting to get my Zeiss Harpia back from warranty repair, which has been an absolute nightmare that I will. I'll give an update on a later podcast about that, but I still don't have it back. In addition to that, I'll be wanting the Swarovski NL Pure 12x42 and probably the marsupial vino case. Maybe the Alaskan Guide creations. I don't know yet. I gotta decide. I'll be running a Leopold RX 1200 TPR rangefinder. Got some lens wipes in there for tripod. Outdoorsman's compact medium with the extension with a pan head, and I can do a whole thing on tripods later in the year if you guys are interested. I'll be using the phone scope case and adapter. Now, here's the new member of the family the Fierce CT Rival 300 PRC with a Leopold VX5 HD shooting Hornady Precision Hunter 212 grain ELDX bullets. I will be carrying that with a Kafaru gun bearer. It's mounted with a Spartan Precision bipod. Now, as far as camera, I'll be using a Sony Alpha 1 with a Deity mic. My main lens currently is a 24 to 70 Sigma, which I love, but the brand new Sony 24 to 70 G series two just came out and it is looking sweet. So I dropped a hundred dollar deposit on that bad boy. And as long as it shows up in time, it will be replacing the Sigma because it's 200 grams lighter and has a couple nice features. Secondary lens will be a 14 millimeter f1.4 G Master. I'll be bringing two GoPro Hero 9s. I'll have a head strap, a trek and pull mount, and a Gorilla Pod. Two Sony batteries, two GoPro batteries. Okay, some miscellaneous gear glassing pad, Thermarest Z Lite. Uh, it's like a sleeping pad that I just cut, I bring three quarters of it, and I leave the other quarter at home. Uh, Lip balm, smoking a bottle. Currently running a Havalon piranha for a knife. Might replace that. I'm looking at the Benchmade Altitude right now. Uh, game bags, Caribou Gear gear, Carnivore game bags. Probably just bring, maybe even just two. To be honest with you, for a sheep, bring Stary Pen spare battery, Delorme InReach. Uh, iPhone 12 Pro Max, coffee mug, GSI MicroLite, 500 mil, battery banks. I'll have a 20,000 milliamp hour and a 10,000 milliamp hour. Solar charger, 21 watt anchor. In addition, a couple of little things, a Nalgene, platypus, uh, water bladder. It's actually a HydroForce water bladder. It's much nicer than the platypus ones. And a Coke bottle full of salt for the hide. Now, one note that I'll get into later but I want to highlight it here because I don't want you thinking around. I'm walking around with a 20,000 milliamp hour and a 10,000 milliamp hour in my backpack. For my sheep hunt, I probably should have prefaced this at the beginning. I'm going to be getting dropped off at a lake solo. I will be creating some kind of base camp there. And then I will be doing, you know, anywhere from two to seven day kind of bivvies out from that base camp. And the base camp once I leave is really gonna be nothing but like a couple dry bags hung up in a tree. But what it means is I can take some stuff for the full 15 days and I don't need to have it on my back at all times. So I can le- do things like leave half my batteries and half my food and real big learning lesson from last year. I, I was 91 pound pack by the time I had 13 days worth of gear and camera equipment on my back. And listen, I'm a savage. I got it done. But probably one of the reasons why I have a torn meniscus right now, that's probably another thing I should get into. I don't know how much I've talked about that torn meniscus. Um, I can give you an update on that later as well. Apologies for the digression, but I think that's uh, the other thing is I'm gonna be bringing an alpaca raft with me and it will be staying at the lake. But I have several, like three or four egress points from the lake that I want to head up into the mountains from. And I guess you're egressing the lake, but you're ingressing to the mountains from the lake. Not really sure how to conjugate that sentence. And so instead of having to walk all the way around the lake each time, what I'm going to do is have a pack raft with me and paddle across the lake go into the area I'm interested, come back down to my raft, paddle back to the main camp, rinse and repeat. Uh, For my cook kit, I will be bringing a Jetboil Minimo with probably four 100 gram containers, two in my backpack, two at base camp, Sea to Summit titanium spoon, and three small Bic lighters. For headlamps, uh, main headlamp is a Black Diamond Revolt 350, and the backup headlamp is the older generation Black Diamond Revolt. Both of these are USB chargeable and take AAA batteries. First aid and repair kit, toilet paper. And Ziploc bags and wipes. Okay, for food, also remember you can go to my website and go to the tools page and you can download a backcountry nutrition planning PDF that I created with sample meal plans and a bunch of information about how different energy systems work and why you should eat certain types of foods at certain times of day, what macronutrients are important, what micronutrients are important, what electrolytes are important, how to prepare for all that stuff. Free download, just got to give me your email. So for food, uh, breakfast will be like um, granola and protein, probably just by the Peak Refuel Mountain Berry breakfasts. Coffee, Starbucks via as always, because Black Rifle coffee doesn't seem to be able to pull their head out of their ass and offer um, instant coffee to Canadians. So if you're not going to put instant coffee on your Canadian site, I'm not going to give you my money support us and I'll support you. Mid-morning snack, trail mix, breakfast or lunch, green belly meal. And then uh, for further snacks, macadamia nuts, uh, a protein shake, protein bar, peak refuel for dinner, MCT oil in my dinner for some added fats, I'll bring a half a sausage per day, these crazy bacon sausages that I get from this deli near my house, super calorically dense food item. I'll bring two different kinds of electrolyte mix. I'll have a powdered hydrate and recover from Wilderness Athlete and then I'll have a liquid Mio And then uh, I bring these little packs that I make up at home that have greens, fiber, fish oil, and vitamins in them. And I have one of those for each day. Now, the weight's a little bit off with all this stuff. That, where it's sitting right now, is 87 pounds, everything that I just listed. But like I said earlier, I won't be having all of that in my pack all at the same time except when I'm, I'm in the plane and getting dropped off okay now that we are done with the fire hose full of information that that list was let's jump into the actual q a MacArthur Justin says, how pumped are you for this hunt? Um, insanely pumped. I, this will be, if I'm able to accomplish what I hope to accomplish, my longest, deepest solo hunt yet. And so for that reason alone, I'm excited because that would be a big win for me. If I can go in there, you know, hunt as hard as I possibly can and come out 15 days later in one piece, that's a big deal. J3 Butch, how many rounds do you pack in? I I don't know yet. In my list here, I say 10. 10 seems excessive, um, but it would be a son of a bitch to run out. So I don't know. Maybe bring a dozen, leave six back at camp, and bring six with me, six to eight. I feel irresponsible having any less than eight on me at any one time. So maybe bring eight with me and have another six or seven back at camp. Now, I don't know what type of irresponsible situations could occur where I would somehow, maybe if you lost them or if they fell in water or if like something crazy happened to the bullets, that's why it would be a good idea to have a backup. I honestly can't imagine a situation where I would pull the trigger eight times and something wouldn't die. Like I just, that's, that's insanity. Optics and optic size, I got into it, but to go back over it, it's a 95 millimeter Heiss Zarpia spotting scope and a 12 by 42 Swarovski NL Pure binoculars. And my scope on my rifle is the three to 15 by 44 Leupold. Um... C Natty asks, oh, he asked that one as well. He also asks 85 or 65 power pros and cons. So this is really interesting. I actually reached out to Adam Foss on this one because he's kind of known as like a really intense solo lightweight guy. And I, and I was considering actually switching from the Zeiss platform to the Swarovski ATX platform because then you could have a singular objective, or sorry, two objectives and one ocular lens. And for like 1.5 times the price of a normal spotting scope, you could actually have a 95 millimeter and a 65 millimeter. This is the benefit of the ATX platform. And what Adam said to me is the only time I recommend the 65 is when people can't afford the big glass. He said, if you have a 95, bring a 95. So here's the deal. I think if it was like a mule deer hunt or an elk hunt, I probably wouldn't take a spotting scope in the first place on an elk hunt, but let's just say it was, or even a caribou hunt. I think a 65 would probably get it done because you're just looking for confirmation that it's an animal worth going after. Sheep is such a different story. Like everything hinges upon the tiniest little bits of information. And I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form. And so I'll find some way else to shave two pounds or I'll get that little bit stronger that I can carry the extra two pounds and I will have the confidence-building impact of having an 85 or a 95 with me. That, so that's that's my philosophy. Uh, my buddy Bob asks, Ptarmigan, do you ever harvest on a sheep hunt and method for cooking? I haven't personally, I have on a moose hunt um, and I've done all kinds of things. It's You can cook it just like a chicken. Um, and uh, I think it would be more appropriate on an archery hunt, to be honest with you. I'm not gonna shoot a ptarmigan with a 300 PRC. I've seen people take subsonic 22s on backcountry hunts, especially like fly in more like camp style hunts. And again, archery tackle or even a slingshot—I um, think you could probably kill a ptarmigan with or a grouse. Uh, so yeah, and I'd probably just like uh, like barbecue it up. To be honest with you, like grill it up. Um, my buddy, big old lander. Would you consider a stone glacier, uh, or a mystery ranch pack, or you, Kafaru Nation, one hundred percent? Well, Jeff funny you should ask that question because I've recently decided to do a very intense backpack review. And based on my findings, I will be deciding which pack I'm going to run this year. My friend Chelsea asks, how many pairs of socks do you bring on a hunt? The answer is two. Two pairs of socks, two pairs of underwear, no extra pants, no extra shirts. Used to bring all that extra shit, never used it took up room in my bag. This is the thing. The longer you do this, the less you bring. I also adhere pretty firmly to the halfway through the trip swap out. Two philosophies for socks and underwear if you're only gonna bring two. One, switch out every day. On the off day, you're kind of breathing some life back into the ones you're not wearing and you kind of keep them relatively usable for the length of the trip. The benefit of switching halfway is that you kind of like beat the first ones into the ground, but then in the middle of the trip, when you're kind of at your wits' end and you're tired and you're hungry and you're sore, you get to put on these fresh socks and underwear. And I'm telling you, man, it is damn, it is it, there, there is very little else as satisfying as that. So that's my particular methodology now. If you've got lots of water, I also highly recommend with your base layer socks and underwear doing a little bit of backcountry laundry every time you get the opportunity. How do you keep your mind at peace for grizzly encounters? I mean, you kind of do and you kind of don't. You have to stay alert and don't do dumb shit. And then just recognize that like, listen, it's a possibility. This is one of the reasons that why for solo hunts, I tend to do rifle hunts. Uh, the fact that we can't carry a sidearm in Canada is really limiting. I would probably prefer to do archery hunts if I was able to carry a pistol because I'd feel safer. I don't really like bear spray. I will carry it with me. That reminds me, I still need to get a bear spray holster. Hang on. I'm going to write that down. Bear spray. holster. Yeah. So like, don't do dumb shit and don't let it paralyze you. Like there's still very rarely when non-provoked and when there's no incentives, you know, left out for them in the immediate vicinity, our bears just going to randomly come and attack you and kill you. Like you probably got better odds of getting mugged in a city. So yeah, it is what it is. Uh, my buddy Ricky Outdoorsman Swarrow binocular pin, yay or nay? Hard, core, yay. So this is one of the reasons why I'm like a whole, like I'm a con, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of the entire Outdoorsman system. I don't like the big plates with the rubber bands. I think they are a lot of extra weight for no reason. And most other binocular mounting systems are kind of subpar. But the Outdoorsman system with the pin and all that kind of stuff, they installed the pin on my... NL Pures. They cover it for warranty purposes and all the rest. They're awesome guys down there for my money. That's the best binocular mounting system there is. And then I can keep everything the same. My, my camera, my spotting scope, my binoculars, like everything is interchangeable on everything else. It's a really great system. Uh, Derek says, what is one comfort item that you bring on a sheep hunt that you might might not bring on others? There's a couple comfort items I have, but I bring them on all my hunts. One of them is my coffee mug. Um, I'm switching from a 720 mil to a 500 mil to shave a little bit of weight, but it is a GSI micro light and it weighs eight ounces. So it's half a pound. And you could, you could say that it's a wasted half a pound and that I could drink out of the coffee, out of the jet boil and all the rest of it. But for me, it adds this sense of like, uh, calmness to my mornings and it seems silly, but without a coffee mug, you have to do one thing at a time. Like I have to either boil my water and then put it in my pack, put it in my breakfast and then put my coffee in my jet boil and then I can't leave until all my coffee's done. And then if I decide I wanted to do something else, I can't use the jet boil until the coffee's empty. And it just, it makes everything, it takes away a lot of freedom. But when you have a coffee mug, the first thing I do is I wake up, I put two Starbucks via in there, I fill it up to the brim and I close the lid and I sip on that coffee until noon. And then at noon, I do the exact same thing. Put two Starbucks V in there, fill it up full of hot water and sip on that thing until four or five o'clock. That way, every time I stop, I have a little sip of coffee um, and I'm a big coffee guy. I like the extra caffeine and yeah, it's a real benefit. Um, I like it a lot. I would say the other luxury item I bring is actually making sure I have enough batteries so that I can listen to some podcasts at night and maybe even watch the odd TV show or movie on my phone. Little things like that really help you out psychologically, especially on a solo hunt when things start getting kind of deep and dark, which if you've been on a long solo hunt, you know you know what I mean. What items are you ditching from last year's sheep hunt? Well, I swapped out my rifle. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, more so than the rifle, because like the Fierce actually isn't that much lighter than the Tika. What's really lighter is the scope. I'm moving from a Vortex PST Gen 2 to a Leupold VX5 HD, and I'm saving nine ounces. Crazy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really interesting. Last year, I switched to a new sleeping pad. I'd always gone crazy ultralight with the Neo Air x light. And with a guy my size, it's just too small. And so I went to the Q-Core. I think another big thing is the pants this year. I went mountain pants last year, and they're just too heavy and bulky. Um, and so I'm switching to the Ascent pant. And maybe bringing that synthetic quilt. Let me talk about this for a minute, because... On hunts like this, the only real way that you can dry yourself out is in your sleeping bag. Like most times you're not gonna find the conditions to have a fire big enough to dry things. It's just, it's unrealistic. Um, Especially once you're up in the Alpine. And so what you do is you wear all your clothes to bed. You zip yourself up in a sleeping bag and when you wake up, you're dry. And in fact, what normally happens is you wake up around two or three in the morning and you're super dry, it's crazy. And you take off all your extra clothes, fold them up, stick them in a dry bag at the foot of your tent and go back to sleep, nice and cozy. It's the best, I love it. But synthetic bags are far superior to down bags for this. Down bags, really, as soon as they start sucking in moisture, like they will keep you alive, don't get me wrong. But in order to actually dry out your gear, the amount of like heat and drying potential you need from your bag is just like more than you're gonna get from a slightly damped down bag. It's just not gonna happen. And I'm I'm speaking from experience. And so the one thing, what I like about this synthetic quilt is that it's still pretty light. Um, It's just not as small. But anyways, that's probably a a decent list of things that I'm going to be swapping out. I'm also the big proponent, if you haven't used it in a few hunts, leave it at home. And I don't have the list off the top of my head, but I have a few things from my possibles pouch that have slowly gotten weeded out over time. And I didn't really dig into it in this Podcast. You can go back and I have an actual Possibles Pouch podcast somewhere, and I talk about it and and what's in there. Um, using any form of sat communication, yes. Uh, Delorme Inreach for texting. Supplements, electrolytes, sodium, and protein. What do you bring? So I bring a protein uh, powder. Uh supplement. I do have salt pills and my salt pills, this is the thing. They got to have sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Do not get the ones with just sodium or just sodium and potassium. You need all three. So I bring a specific salt pill that has, it's like a gel cap. and has all three of those. And on top of that, I bring the Wilderness Athlete, Hydrate and Recover, and the Mios. And I flavor all my water. I hate drinking straight water, and and I put electrolytes in all of it to try and stay on top of my sodium intake. That's probably the thing that's hardest out there. And I get immediate cramps. Like if I just, if I ease up on the sodium at all out there, I start cramping up literally in a matter of, of hours, especially at my size, because I go through an insane amount of electrolytes. And so every time I fill up my water bladder, I throw electrolytes in there. Every time I fill up my Nalgene, I, I put electrolytes in there, huge proponent of electrolytes. I think it's something people really miss out on. And again, go download that backcountry nutrition guide, mindfulhunter.com tools. And it goes into different options, why you need them, all that kind of stuff. Uh, rifle setup, already gone over it, but I will do it again. It is a fierce CT rival. And what that stands for is carbon titanium. So it has a carbon barrel, carbon, you know, bits and bobs, and then a titanium action. 300 PRC with a Leupold VX5 HD, which is a three to 15 by 44 fire dot duplex reticle. And I have Omer at Precision Optics set this whole package up for me, dialed it in with the chronograph, and then got... Uh, custom turrets from that Kales or Coles, or they're in Alberta, made up for the rifle. So I can literally just dial t- t- turrets and pull a trigger. Uh, Evan asks When looking into trekking poles, pros and cons, things to look for. This is real tough, man, because it's going to be independent to each person. And I'm a tall guy. I like the bigger name brands and being in Canada, we only have a few at our disposal and it, it, there's only a couple that you can actually put your hands on. So go buy other people's recommendations and people that you trust and by by non-sponsored reviews. Black Diamond doesn't give me any money. I can tell you right now, the Black Diamond Trail Ergo Corks are a lightweight, they might even be the Alpine Black Diamond Alpine Trail Outdoor or Ergo Corks. Um, Very sturdy, very light, super happy with them. I've heard good things about a few other poles, but I don't have personal recommendations. So that's kind of the the length that I can talk about. Not a sheep question, but Lucky Ronald asks, what's your favorite spring, early fall hunting pants? Can you also include one or two from a non-hunting brand? Okay, Yeah, I can do this for sure. Non-hunting brand, there is, hang on a second, because I literally just brought these up the other day. Sorry, there's a particular, um, there's a particular pant at Mountain Equipment Co-op that I love, the way it fits for like dudes with bigger thighs, like, like I have, and I can't remember what it's, what it's called. It starts with an M. It's like more Chiba or here. I'm just going to take a second. You guys are going to have to listen to some silence while I look this up. Cause if I tell you, here it is. The Mochileros, MEC Mochileros. really like these. They fit really well. They're true to sizing. Um, yeah, big fan of these pants. They're like 90 bucks at MEC, very quick drying, cargo pockets, very, very durable. Um, I like them a lot. And then I'm gonna add everybody's favorite non-hunting brand pant, the Prana Zions. And I have two pairs, love them. They're amazing. If I had to pick between the two, the the Zions fit a little snugger than the Mochileros but they're, the fit might be a little more flattering and I probably like the Zions a little bit better, but the Mochileros are probably a little more durable and you can't go wrong. they will be 90 bucks either way and you can't go wrong with either of those pants, super great pants. And then I'm a Sitka guy. So I'd say for, for fall, I would probably, for early season, if it's archery, I would go the Sitka Apex pant with the knee pads. It's a Merino pant super quiet. And if it was a rifle hunt, if it was getting colder, I would do the mountain pant. Like for my caribou hunt, I will likely do the mountain pant this year. And if it was still warmer, I would go with the ascent pant. And if you wanted the, what would be the best option if you were only going to have one pair? If you were only going to buy one pair, I'm probably going to go with the mountain pant. Now the mountain pant's probably going to be overkill when it's hot but, it's, but I'd rather be a little overheated than be like cold and wet when it's rainy. Because if you tried to wear something like the Ascent pant later in the season, now here's the caveat. If you had something like the Dewpoint rain pants, you could bring the Sitka Ascent pant, the Sitka Dewpoint pant, and a pair of long johns. You'd still be in the neighborhood of what the mountain pants weigh, and you'd have a super versatile system. But you would have to stop and change things up you know, regularly. So yeah, I hope that clarifies it. It's really hard to talk about a perfect pair of pants because it doesn't really exist. Wow. Okay. See, these are the kind of, pot. I'm already fired up. Like that's the type of shit I like getting into, like really digging into the weeds and uh, and trying to share, you know, what I've learned after doing this as long as I have. Um I still have lots to learn and I learn even from you guys all the time. So as always, please engage with the platform, like, comment, share, subscribe, really helps out with the algorithm, helps grow the podcast, gets it out to more people. If there's anything you need help from or you want more clarification on, jayatmindfulhunter.com or send me a DM on Instagram, mindful underscore hunter. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.